You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the only daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, available on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Excited to be with you all here on this Monday, kicking off the podcast with a deep dive on the biggest topic when it comes to the New Orleans Pelicans right now, and that is turnovers. What's going on? Why do they keep happening? All turnovers are not created equal. I'm going to stress that a lot throughout this podcast. We are going to take a deep dive and look at what's going on with this team, how it's hurting them, can it be fixed, and if it does get fixed or even cut down, what is this end result going to look like? Spoiler alert, it will look very good for your New Orleans Pelicans. It's also game day here in the Crescent City with the Pelicans taking on the Atlanta Hawks at home. I'm actually traveling this week. Uh, the first part of the week for a couple of different things, but I've got my mic with me and we'll be recording podcasts all week for you. But it is a game day. I'll be previewing the Atlanta Hawks, kind of what you need to know about them, how they maybe actually have a weirdly odd chance of maybe upsetting the Pelicans in this one. This is an Atlanta team with only two wins, so not very good. Uh, but we'll break that all down for you and talk turnovers in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So let's dive into the topic of the week, and I've got an article up on Locked On Pelicans about this right now that I'm going to plug again later on uh, in this podcast here. But just to mention it to you guys, you can we're going to talk about largely the same things here. What I'm talking about on the podcast that you'll also be able to read. But when you read it, there's videos and things, and I can kind of dive a little bit deeper with some of the topics I want to cover in this in the written form and allow you to kind of see everything and just illustrate my points a little bit better. It's about a thousand words. It'll take you a minute or two to read. Go and do it. It's definitely worth it over at LockedOnPelicans.com. So, you know, as seasons go on, kind of topics take form, and I was a literary major uh, and writing major at Tulane, Roll Wave. They won this weekend. We had a really good weekend for New Orleans sports, actually, before talking about the turnovers. Pelicans won despite all of their issues. That was awesome. They beat the Clippers. Beating the Clippers is always a good thing since that Chris Paul trade. I think, you know, that's maybe the team that Pelicans fans kind of hate the most. Not a rival team, but just kind of loathe the most might be that Clippers team. LSU won. That's good. I'm not as excited about that, but sure, good for the Tigers. Happy to see that. Tulane won. That's awesome. And the Saints won. You've got like the, uh, what is it, four. It's a grand slam, right, of New Orleans sports and getting wins and everything. And the Pelicans can kind of tack on to that by winning, hopefully, against Atlanta tonight. But that's a good weekend for New Orleans, Louisiana sports. And there's probably one of the two other college teams that I don't pay attention to. Sorry, you guys. That probably won as well. So if they did, tweet at me and we can kind of add it to the list and we'll make a note of it. Uh, but as the season goes on, you know, buzzwords start to take shape is what I said. And it's, again, this goes back to my, my literature degree here in that it's kind of the death of the author. Things kind of just take form around certain times and things are going to come out about them. And turnovers is one of them right now. Everyone's kind of talking about it. And when you have a 23 turnover game that leads to 33 points off turnovers for the opponent, yeah, that's going to come up and be something we need to talk about. So I want to lay out the numbers for you guys when it comes to turnovers for the Pelicans. So this is going to be going into the game 
tonight. So if you listen after the Atlanta game, these numbers aren't going to be as accurate, but they're still largely going to be kind of similar. So the Pelicans turn the ball over 16.7 times per game. That's 24th in the league, so not really good. And if you want to go into the advanced stats per 100 possessions to kind of adjust it for pace, this basically means they're turning the ball over 16.2% of the time, which ranks right at 23rd in the league. So you're in the bottom third when it comes to turnovers. So turnovers are an issue. And it's easy to kind of point to these numbers and be like, well, it's turnovers. It's killing the team. Not all turnovers are made the same. And, you know, you can look at positive things about it and being like, maybe this isn't a big deal. When you look at it, they rank 10th in assist to turnover ratio. This is a team that wants to pass the ball. And it's simple to say, well, if you pass the ball more, you're going to turn the ball over more. If you have more passes than someone else, you have more opportunities to turn the ball over. It's kind of an opportunity cost type thing. And yeah, that makes sense. The Pelicans are seventh in the league when it comes to passes per game, 317.6 passes per game. Uh, they are third best in the league when it comes to basically assists per game of 24.8, which is going to make their turnover to assist ratio look really good. But that doesn't explain it because if you really watch the Pelicans turnovers and you guys, I spent a chunk of my Sunday just watching Pelicans turnovers. This is my level of commitment to you guys. I like watching hoops. I like breaking down hoops, watching turnovers of the team you like and root for and talk about on a daily basis for an extended period of time is absolutely brutal and kind of like soul killing to do. So it's not very fun. But not all turnovers are created equal, so you can't simply just say they pass the ball a lot, so they're going to turn the ball over a lot. There's different types of turnovers. And watching all of this, a couple of patterns really jumped out at me. Yeah, some are just bad passes and things like that, but it's why those bad passes are made and other things. There's two culprits when it comes to turning the ball over here in New Orleans. The first one is DeMarcus Cousins. And Cousins agreed with this basically after the game saying, and this is a quote, I'm the main culprit of the turnovers right now. I had eight of them. I've got to do a better job of taking care of the ball and making good decisions, end quote. Cousins is averaging 5.2 turnovers per game, and they're not necessarily all the result of him making bad passes. Frankly, his bad passes are kind of alley-oops and lobs to Davis in transition and other things that just aren't connecting uh, because sometimes it's just hard to make those. His uh, turnovers kind of come down to two different things. The first one is offensive fouls. Yeah, offensive fouls are turnovers. And Cousins picks up a number of these, and it's largely just his style of play. He's physical below the basket when you try and, when he tries to post people up. He's going to pick up offensive fouls for dropping a shoulder or putting out an elbow. You can't – it's just kind of partially how he plays, and this is a byproduct of it. And if you don't want him to get these type of turnovers, you don't want him to play in the post, and I don't think that's what anyone wants right here. So that's one of them. The second one – and those – well, the second one is what I call the uncontrolled drive. And I talked about this a little bit on Twitter the other day. His game is also not just built around his post-up moves and his physicality, but also, also his athleticism. He likes to get the ball at the three-point line and drive to the hoop and put the ball on the ground, try and drive, and hopefully pick up a shooting foul or an and one and get to the line. He has pretty good handles. Let's be honest. We've seen it. He can get there in like two steps. It's pretty cool when he does it. 
The problem is his handles aren't as good of that as a guard. So when he drives, especially if he hits traffic or gets his body a little bit out of control, he loses the ball, whether he dribbles it off himself or it's a steal from someone coming over to help. Again, this is part of how he plays. He drives from the perimeter. He's not going to be a Dwight Howard guy who's just going to stick right close to the basket or a guy like Shaq. You know, of these two turnovers, the uncontrolled drive one is the worst. When he gets an offensive foul, it's a side out, meaning the opponent has to inbound the ball. That's a good thing because it stops the play. The Pels can get back. After we do this quick reset here, because it's about the time for that, I'm going to talk about why the uncontrolled drive one really hurts this team and what's going on there. So before talking about how these turnovers impact the team and what's going on there and what's kind of causing them to, it's not just him driving out of control. Tune into the Locked On NBA podcast. It's a once a week podcast. You guys have heard me plug it on here before designed to just catch you up on the news around the league. It releases on Monday. I'm on today's Monday edition talking with the host, David Locke, the head of the Locked On Podcast Network, about the Pelicans, kind of where they stand in the NBA and what we're going to see potentially from this team going forward. They're hitting a pretty brutal stretch run right now. We're going to learn a lot about this team that we don't know just yet and we don't have a lot of answers. Also, just catch up around the league in general. Right now, Rudy Gobert is out four to six weeks for the Jazz. That's a huge story. This is a defensive Jazz team. They're in playoff contention. They're one of those teams that's fighting for the last couple of spots alongside the Pelicans. Find out how this impacts the Jazz, the Rudy Gobert injury over at the Locked On NBA podcast. So there's more to these uncontrolled drives that Cousins has than him simply losing the ball. And part of it is that, but it's twofold here. So first, let's look at maybe what causes it. Right now, the Pelicans are shooting overall um, 33.9% from three-point range. That's 24th in the league, so in, the, again, the bottom third. And part of it is that, one, you have Drew Holiday shooting 22%, and teams don't really respect these Pelicans three-point shooters. So when Cousins drives, uh, defenders and opponents aren't going to stay on their man on the perimeter. If you go read the article I have up, just basically talking about what we're talking about in the podcast here on LockedOnPelicans.com, you're going to be able to see certain examples of it. He drives and hits five guys on one play. There's two Pelicans wide open at the top of the perimeter, and they don't even care because they're not worried about these guys making shots against them, and they'll live with that until they start hitting shots. Then they'll adjust their strategy. That's not a good way to get the lane open, and it creates spacing issues. So when people talk about spacing being a problem for the Pelicans, this is exactly what they mean. Cousins or Davis drives, and there's no room because there's at least three guys that you're going to have, the double team and then a help defender once the drive starts to happen. This is a big problem because, again, Cousins doesn't have the handles of a guard. He's going to turn the ball over when he's got six arms potentially trying to stick the, you know, poke the ball out. It happens. And then what happens with this, and we'll talk about it with Drew Holiday in a second here, is all of a sudden the team's on a fast break and they're running and they score points off turnovers or fast break points. That's what's kind of compounding the issue. You get an empty trip on the offensive side and the Pelicans rank you know, around the middle of the pack in offensive rating right now. And then defensively, you, you get hurt because you're giving up easy transition points and easy transition buckets to the opponent. It compounds on itself. It's almost a double loss for the Pelicans in this case. And the same thing here happens to Drew Holiday, who we're going to talk about right now. 
So look, we know about Holiday's offensive issues, the shooting woes that he has. Again, 22% from deep isn't bad. But you saw a glimpse of how good he can be in the Toronto game and what he's capable of doing. The problem is he doesn't play like that very often. And after the Toronto game, I talked about it. He looked so decisive and confident in that uh, matchup that he was just driving to the rim and that dude was going to score. The biggest thing I said was look at his head and his eyes when he drives in that game. He looks at the rim. He looks at his defender straight on. He's not looking to the left. He's not looking to the right. I just moved my head as I did this, like I'm acting it out. Like that's a necessary thing um, on you know the podcast where it's all audio here. Uh, but he's looking straight at the rim. He's looking to score, not to set up teammates. And when he looks to set up teammates after he starts to move, that's where the indecisiveness comes in, a hesitation comes in, and he turns the ball over. So when he really excels is when he just focuses on being a scorer moving to the two, not having to facilitate, except Rondo's out and this is becoming an issue. So it's kind of that, you know, uh, passive play when he's looking to score and not be the main guy that leads to turnovers. And I've got a couple videos of this again at LockedOnPelicans.com. Just go and read it already. Um, so when he tries to attack, he stops and scans around for a half second. That gives the defense all they need to either recover after his initial dribble move and trying to beat some guy off or, you know, they can recover or they kind of know where he's going. He telegraphs a lot of passes. This is the issue. And that hesitation, he either gets trapped and makes a bad pass or the teammate is thinking he's going to drive and score and they're not ready to get the ball. It results in a bad pass and a turnover too often in holiday on the season as I just lost my, my stats and my numbers here. Uh, where is it? Is averaging turnovers per game 3.4. So between him and Cousins, right there, you're getting eight and a half turnovers a game because of these guys. The Cousins ones you can kind of live with. It's just kind of a byproduct of how he plays. But Holiday, the issue is really those live ball turnovers. So what happens when they get these live ball turnovers and not a side out turnover? And this is where it again hurts the Pelicans defense. So quickly, before I go into how it hurts the team on the defensive side of the ball when these turnovers happen, and you guys know that that does, but I want to be a little more specific and look at some of the numbers here to, again, illustrate these points. Uh, coming up on LockedOnPelicans.com this week, Jason Quigley is going to be looking at Drew Holiday, talking about how things actually might get better, particularly with the return of Rajon Rondo that's expected maybe at the end of this week or early next week. So keep an eye out on the Tuesday over at LockedOnPelicans.com. So turning the ball over leads to fast breaks for opponents. And right now the Pelicans rank 16th, giving up 10.8 fast break points per game to opponents. So that's in the bottom half of the league, 10.8 points. And we've seen them struggle to defend the fast break, at least early on in the season. And it's compounded by the fact that they're giving so many opportunities for fast break points with these turnovers. And even if it isn't the fast break, the Pelicans' defense isn't great as, as great as it was last year. They rank around the middle of the pack, depending on where you go to look. But anywhere, you know, again, right around 15th, maybe on the top half of the league, but not really within the top, like, 10 just yet. So opponents are punishing the Pelicans for carelessness with the ball. Right now, teams are scoring 18.5 points per game off Pelicans' turnovers. That is 21st in the league. 
that's where they're really getting hurt in the half court and certain things. This team can maybe kind of take care of themselves, but not when you give the opponent so many possessions to hurt you and to score against you. And you do that a lot with turnovers, particularly when of the live ball kind. But again, the defense isn't that great. You need to kind of score because if you do turn it over, your defense isn't that good. A team's probably going to score against you. 18 and a half points per game off Pelicans turnovers is very bad. And this leads to people really wondering how good this team is overall. You know, the Pelicans still haven't had kind of a signature win, and I don't really like to use that phrase in an 82-game season, but right now we're just looking at these 13 games. Your best win is kind of that come-from-behind win over the Pacers. That's not good. That Cavs game looks so much worse in comparison to the season the Cavs are having. Yes, it's still LeBron James. Yes, it's still the Cavs and all that they do. But again, defensively, they look like a mess, and it's not just kind of waiting for them to hit their stride. Defensively, they're going to be a mess all season long. And offensively, they've struggled with some of their other guys, particularly with Isaiah Thomas out right now. And it, you know, it makes you wonder if the Pelicans can compete with the top teams in the NBA. And if they want to, and they're going to need to, if they want to make the playoffs, you have no choice because you're going to be playing all of these teams. Again, 11 of their next 13 games are against potential playoff teams in theory and against contenders. This is where we're going to see what this team is really made of. You're not going to be able to kind of get away with a Clippers win, which is really a struggle win if you really want to look at it. Um, turning the ball over 23 times in a game where you dominate them every other way. So you've got to show that you can take care of the ball, that you can get this offense kind of righted and this defense kind of righted and get them where they need to be because that's not going to cut it against a good team. And if this is how they keep playing, this is going to be a real issue going forward. It's the way the turnovers are happening. It's not because they're just passing the ball more. It's they're careless with it. Drew Holiday needs to be decisive and just go. Simple as that. We know what he needs to do. The Cousins ones, those are a little more interesting, but frankly, maybe he needs to be a little bit more under control when he drives. Maybe he needs to drive less and just get the ball down low and try and do some of his work that way. The good news is the Pelicans have been winning despite all of these issues. The bad news is I don't know if they're going to be able to keep winning going forward. That's what we're going to find out, you know, maybe not in this Atlanta game coming up. And I'm not going to do the preview on it for you guys. They, look, they're a two-win team. The Pelicans should win this. We don't need to analyze these matchups that much. They don't really do anything well. And we'll tell you this. Quick preview, let's call it. They can hit threes. You need to cover guys out there. Schrader can hit threes. Bellinelli can hit threes. Bazemore's not amazing at it, but he still shoots. They have guys that will shoot if they're left open. The Pelicans have problems leaving guys wide open. See the uh, Magic game. So that's an issue. Also, I really like John Collins off the bench for him. They're rookie. If the Pelicans get their bigs in early foul trouble, the Big Birds, Davis and Cousins, he might come in and do some damage. I have him in fantasy. I'm cool with him not doing anything in this game. So don't get in foul trouble, DeMarcus and Anthony, to help my fantasy team out. So that's all the preview we're going to do here. 
so like I said, you know, they don't have a good win. They haven't looked great at times, and they're about to hit a very difficult part of their schedule. You need to cut down on these turnovers and the way they're happening and the way they compound on themselves by giving the opponent easy scoring opportunities. If you want to be a playoff team, this is where we're going to find out. The good news is they were winning. Like I said, the bad news is I don't think it's going to be sustainable this way. You're not going to keep winning games like you did against the Clippers on Saturday night. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. I'm your host, as always, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game. 